So our first message for today is uh, from David Hope, End of the World Preempted. Thank you, Mr. Steele, and good afternoon, everyone. I'll just dittos what our song leader said. Uh, welcomed all of our visitors here. A lot of them we've seen before. Not turned on. My wife usually turns me on. I didn't turn this on. All right, we're on. She turns me on. I turn everything else on. Anyway, uh, I've already greeted you folks. I'll greet people out here in TV land, I guess, that saw the motion but didn't see hear anything. All the people and hopefully your computers are working well and you don't have any glitches in it and you don't have to catch up with whatever it does when it goes in circles and, and you lose the sound for a little bit. Hopefully things go well for you on Feast of Trumpets. Preempted. I'm going to use a dictionary word for that. Uh, act of preventing something, to do something that makes it pointless or impossible for someone else to do what he or she intended to do. And there are a lot of synonyms for that. One would be forestall, obstruct, block, prevent, head off, avert, deter, starve off, stave off, I'm sorry. You know, to me, the Feast of Tabernacles has uh, probably two main meetings. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them, but uh, two main things that, for me when I think of the Feast of Trumpets, and, and one is Jesus' intervention to prevent all flesh from being destroyed and for God's government to be set up. That's main, one of the things for me the Feast of Trumpets means. Another is the resurrection of the dead saints. We're familiar with, you know, Ezekiel, uh, you know, the Valley Dry Bones and other things. Uh, to resurrect uh, the dead saints and to change the lives of the saints that are here today and throughout the world to change us to immortality also. This, you know, it seems to be a twofold thing to me. And, you know, it may mean a little bit more to you. But today I wanted to discuss briefly. I don't have a whole lot of time and, and uh, Barnabas is usually very thorough in his messages, and since for the Feast of Trumpets, I'm sure if I miss something, that Barnabas is going to go on, and I'll try to get into these. Matthew 24 is something, uh, a scripture that I'll, most of you probably even know almost verbatim, but I'm going to read it a little bit and uh, uh, talk a little bit about it before I go into another two or three scriptures. And Matthew 24, and I'm going to break into it and start on verse three, and I'm going to stop every once in a while. As he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us what shall these things be and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. And I will mention that the word world, I don't want to digress too much, but the, the word world, W-O-R-L-D as it is here, is listed three times in the chapter of Matthew 24. Excellent thing if you want to talk to someone, you know, tell them, well, words have different meanings, even though they may be spelled the same. And, uh, and you could call that a hominin. A hominin is 
opposite of a synonym. A homonym is something that either sounds the same or even sometimes spelled the same but have different meanings altogether. But in, in, in Matthew 24, verse 3, the end of the world here, and those of you that are familiar with the strong concordances and the numbering systems and all that, is number 165, and it means aeon, which is age or time or something of that nature. It's not the physical earth. So I'll stop here in a little bit on the other two also. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, and no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, and saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So we've always had wars, rumors of wars. Verse 7, for nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. We could even say race against race, families against other families, the Hatfields and McCoys. But anyway, and there shall be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in different places. And we've had those. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And, shall be hated of all, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And, when, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. That's happened to some of us off and on over the years. And many false prophets shall arise. They have had all right now in this world and will have even more. And shall deceive many. And because iniquity or lawlessness, lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's a message all on its own on that. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, this good news, shall be preached in all of the world, the W-O-R-L-D. It's different than the other aeon. This is uh, strong number 3625. And I'm not real good on some of these pronouncings, so Okimu or something like that, it's, it's the earth, the, the land, the globe, the physical earth itself. And people say the end of the world, this is generally what they think in their mind, I think, when they say, well, the end of the world, you know, it's everything's going to disintegrate. Well, this, this is the end of the world here, W-O-R-L-D. And when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, Whosoever read, let him understand, and many of you know what we're talking about, and I'm not going into a lot of detail. Then let him which is in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop come, uh, not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return and take back his clothes. So we understand this is very serious times at that time. And woe unto them that are with child, unto them that give suck in those days, but pray that your flight be not in the winter nor on the Sabbath day. So even the Sabbath day is important. For then shall be great tribulations such as was not since the beginning of the W-O-R-L-D, which is uh, strong number 2889, which is cosmos, society, the uh, uh, the orderly arrangement of the people. You know, it's a different world. It's, you know... Uh, in the world. We talk about the world, you know, the people out in here, uh, our neighbors and friends, this is what we sometimes call the world. Hopefully we're not downgrading them when we talk about the world. And except those days should be shortened, and, and we should say maybe preempted, 
And except those days should be preempted, there should be no flesh saved. But because of the elect's sake, people like you and me and others out here that are elect, that are called, that are obeying God for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Thank God for that. Thank God for the, what one of the things the Feast of Trumpets represents. Verse 23, if any shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall rise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, it could be, uh, if it were possible, they'd even deceive you and me, the elect. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, and we studied a lot of this in our Bible study just recently and, and on our Tuesday night Bible studies, and sometimes we have a little different opinions on some of it. You ought to come sometime and listen in. It's fun. But anyway, wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning comes out of the east and shines into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be quick. It's going to be sudden. It's not going to have time for you to run out in the desert to find him. For, and here's, here's another part of the answer. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. We understand that wherever Jesus is, well, that's, that's the carcass. The eagles are going to be there too. We're going to be wherever Jesus is going to be when he comes back. We're going to meet him. And this is not the only scripture that says that. I don't have time to go into a lot of the others. But anyway, we'll be there. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn on the day of Feast of Trumpets. Whether it's on that actual day, I'm not going to say, but that's what we're representing. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, trump, and they shall gather together his elect from one end of heaven to the other. So here's... You know, one, this Matthew 24, uh, in my opinion, mentions, uh, you know, the preempting of the, the utter total destruction and also the coming of Jesus Christ. We're going to be brief. Uh, we'll run over real quickly to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, another scripture which generally we, we mention during the uh, Feast of Trumpets and, and other times of the year too. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 through 54. And I'm... Well, I've, Apologize, I didn't give, I'm just now figured out, I didn't give Brian the scriptures, so uh, I just now realized that. <laughs> anyway, so if you guys uh, are having trouble keeping up with the thing up here, maybe I should slow down a little bit. Sorry, guys. Sorry, uh, Brian. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50. Okay, we caught up on the backboard. Black, not, not blackboard, but backboard. Sounded like we're playing a basketball game, don't we? Off the backboard. <laughs> okay. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50 through 54. Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Verse 51. 
Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Hallelujah. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Remember what we were talking a while ago, the, the dead saints. And we, you know, we that are alive, shall be changed. And I'll go ahead and read uh, two more verses. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, future, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in the victory. So praise God for 1 Corinthians 15 and what it means. We'll go over real quickly to uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. They take Matthew to help him out on one of the computers, too. I don't know. I, I've never experienced this before. I'm not a multitasker, I'll tell you. I had a few things to do, and I got involved doing it, and, and, and missed part of my main job is giving my scripture to our men back in the soundboard. Hey, great, they're good. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. I think it's what I have. 4, verse 13. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And we do sorrow. We, we just don't sorrow like a lot of people do. We do have hope, but we, we do get sad. But we don't sorrow like others do so much because we understand. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we, we believe that, don't we? No, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Anybody? Amen. Yeah, hey, good. There, there we go. Amen. Come back next week. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we believe that. Even so, then, uh, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Christ, you know, the dead ones already, you know, the righteous people, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive... Some of you think we're not all alive. <laughs> you know, when I get up in the morning, I don't feel real alive. But we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or perceive, you know, go ahead of them which are asleep. So the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we're going. Now, I don't know if it's a second or two seconds. I know in one place it said twinkling of an eye. But anyway, um, uh, which are asleep. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, did I read that a while ago? It sounded like I did. I'll do it anyway if I didn't. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. You know, and a lot of the, uh, some of the other churches will, will use this scripture to, to say that we're going to be off up in, uh, um, not purgatory, that's the other place, uh, rapture. Okay, they're going to be rapture, they're going to be rapture somewhere. But anyway, whatever it is, I'm not going to argue with them. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet 
in the air, so shall we be ever with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these. And like I said, we're not going to just be, well, I'm not going to say, Barney will probably mention some of this other. Uh, I'll give you a heads up. Uh, uh, Zechariah 14, another common verse. Even, even Barnabas is going to use the same scriptures. That's okay. He's a different personality, and he's going to cover it differently than me anyway. And so, um, anyway, um, Zechariah 14, and I'm going to go, look like I have down, I've, yeah, I've got enough time, uh, verse 1 through 11. I'm, I am going to cut out probably one of my last scriptures, but, you know, Barn, Barnabas will catch it anyway. Zechariah 14 Verse 1, another familiar. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and the spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. For I will gather all nations. Yeah, he's up there, okay. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Bad times at that time. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Verse 4. And we mentioned we're going to meet Christ in the clouds and forever be with him. Well, it doesn't tell, that scripture doesn't give the whole story. You know, that just, that, that's, we, we, we'll see what happens here. And this, and his feet, verse 4, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, or thereof toward the east and toward the west. And you talk about an earthquake. I mean, that's going to be an earthquake of all earthquakes. Uh, toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall be moved toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And you shall flee in... Flee to the wilderness, or to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Isaiah. You shall flee, unto, shall you flee, like as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Isaiah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and listen to this, and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with him. So they're not just hanging, yeah, hey, you know the amen back here. Great, I like that. And, and all the saints come with him. So we're not just going to be up here in the clouds all the time. We're going to come down when Jesus comes down. And it shall come to pass in that day, verse 6, that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall, not be, or shall be known to the Lord, not day or night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go forth out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be, verse 9. And the, king shall, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth, over all the inhabitants of the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. And the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rumam, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place 
of the first gate and to the corner gate and from the tower of Haniel and to the king's winepress, in verse 11. And men shall dwell in it. And this is on the earth. Men and women too and kids will, will dwell in it. And there shall be no more utter destruction. No more utter destruction. But Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. I had another uh, scripture, and, and I'm going to just give you reference to it. Uh, generally, people don't go to the scriptures that you tell them about. But, you know, some of you, uh, if, if you want to go in your own time to Revelation 11 chapter, and there's some things in there that really sound real close to this. You know, you're talking about the two witnesses and things of this nature. Uh, just study it on your own. I wish I had a little more time. But, but study into it, it would be interesting how closely uh, Revelation 11 uh, sets in, uh, fits in with, with this theme that we've talked about already. Uh, and in conclusion, today represents an awesome time for each of us. So let's hold fast. Let's endure until the end.